Welcome to the Dayspring Audio Library, the teaching ministry of Pastor Daniel Rehoff. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will have a powerful impact on your life. So sit back and enjoy today's time in the Word. Don't you hate racism? Don't you hate prejudice? I, I hate it. Uh, as Christians, we should detest it. We should, we should be appalled by it. Um, you know, I, here's what I think about, about the problems with the racism that we're having today in our country. I think the news media is feeding on it so hot and so heavy that they are trying to make it a problem. And, and their goal is to make it a problem. Why? Because they want to make it a bigger problem than I think it, it really is. And they want to feed off it, right? Because what's the news say? If it bleeds, it what? It leads. So uh, they want there to be a problem with racism. And there is problems. There's, there's, no, there's, there's problems with prejudice. Of course there is. Why? Because men have a sinful heart. And our natural desire is to be prideful. And my pride tells me that I'm better than you. And that's simply put, that's kind of where it comes down to. Is, 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 is people say, well, well, I'm better or I'm more important than you are. Church, that is pride from the pit of hell, and we should reject it, okay? Absolutely. Now, here at Dayspring this summer, we did a summer camp program. Uh, had an awful lot of children enrolled for 12 weeks. Summer, it's like VBS every day for all 12 weeks of the summer. We used the Answers in Genesis curriculum that was all about one race, and what we taught the kids for 12 weeks is that there is only one race. And guess what it's called, church? It's called the human race. And we are all part of the human race. And, and red and yellow, black and white, we're all precious in his sight. Why? Because there's only one race. That's just the way it is. A lot of churches, a lot of, a lot of people say, we well, need to talk more about it. You know, churches should do more about it. Churches should. Well, well we did. We spent 12 weeks with the kids from the community teaching them that, that, that there is only one race and that the shade of brown of the color of your skin does not make any difference at all because we're all loved by our Heavenly Father. And we have a problem today, especially in our nation, you know, you know white. Well, take this piece of paper. Let's just look at this for a second. Okay, this piece of paper is white, all right? If I hold it up to my skin, am I white? No, I'm, I'm a light shade of brown, Okay. Everybody in this room is a shade of brown. You may be darker brown or lighter brown or redder brown or whatever brown you want to be. But the bottom line is we're all part of the human race, okay? And that the only difference between us is, is some of the pigment in our skin is lighter or darker, all right? We're all loved by our Heavenly Father. Amen, church? Okay? And we should just, we should, that should just abhor us. Christians, you, you should never be part of that, Okay? Being prejudiced or, or having some kind of a, a racist attitude is terrible. I'm thankful that our school and our church and our summer program uh, dealt with this very current issue. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that, it, that we were able to teach the kids about the importance that God loves everyone and we're all equal in God's eyes. Okay? Uh, listen, at our summer camp this year, there, there, <laughs> there was no racism. There were kids of all shades of brown there. There was no white privilege. There, there's, okay, they were all treated equally. And the children loved each other, red, yellow, black, and white. They all had a wonderful time together. There was no problems here. Why? 
because we taught them about the fact that God loves them and cares for them very much and, uh, and that Christians were never part of that. It is our tendency, though, as human beings to, to be like that. Why? Because of our pride. And our pride, really, again, what racism is, is, is saying, well, my skin's a different color than your skin, therefore I'm more important than you. Okay? That's pride. All right? It's just, it's not acceptable. It's not right. And I'll say this, too, as we're getting into this. <laughs> this is a very long launch here. <laughs> but, but, um, racism goes both ways. Okay? I was at a conference a while back. I heard a, uh, a speaker speak uh, who has a very, uh, uh, a very popular uh, radio program. His skin is a darker shade of brown than my skin is. And uh, I'll tell you the truth, I was shocked. He was racist on the other side, okay? He, he, he had a chip on his shoulder against people with lighter colored skin. And it was a shock to hear it coming from the pulpit. And, and I listened to his program too, and I think, well, it says a lot of great things. But I did not like what I heard, and he's a Christian, okay? So, church, it should never happen, all right? We all tend toward it. It's our human nature to do it. It's not right, but uh, uh, we're not like that. Here's what's interesting. <laughs> I say all that to say this. It's not a new problem. 2,000 years ago, when the church was just getting started, there was a problem of prejudice. There was a problem of racism, and we're going to talk about it today. It's not a new problem. It's not a problem of, you know, just, you know, it's an America problem or Trump problem or Obama problem. No. It's a sin nature problem. It's a human problem. And 2,000 years ago, the new church was struggling with this in a very big way. So, Pastor, what were they struggling with? Well, they weren't necessarily struggling with the color or the shade of someone's skin because all the people from the Middle East had darker color skin anyways. What they struggled with and what the prejudice was was this. Who's your bloodline? Who are you related to? And if you had the bloodline of a Jewish person, there was a, 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 an attitude of prejudice that be, just because you were born into this family, just because you had Jewish heritage, meant that you were better than everybody else. And anybody who wasn't a Jew was a dog. And basically anyone who wasn't a Jew was referred to as a Gentile, kind of just a, a blanket statement. So unless you're a Jewish person, you were a Gentile. And there was a very, very big problem amongst the Christians, the Christian Jews, that they thought, they felt that they were better than other people. Okay? Now listen. God worked with the Jewish people. God had a special plan for the Jewish people. Okay? Church, it didn't mean that God loved the Jewish people more than he loved other people. All right? Let me give you an illustration just for the sake that you kind of understand it. We have this, this section right here. Okay? And, and this section right here is known as the Jeremiah's because Jeremiah is sitting in the front and he's wearing a bow tie and he looks like he should be in charge of the whole group, okay? So you are called the Jeremiah's, all right? So group, what is your group called? The what? Jeremiah's, all right, okay? Everybody else out here, Brian, you're sitting over here. Everybody else over here on this side, you're just called the Brian's, all right? What are you guys? You're the Brian's, okay? We've got the Brian's and the Jeremiah's. Now, if I told Jeremiah, I said, Jeremiah, listen, I got a special job for you guys. After the service today, I, I want your help. We're going to do a project uh, here at the church. We've got some cleaning up to do and some painting and stuff. So I just want the Jeremiah's to do this project. But I just need the Jeremiah's to do it, okay? And it's a project just for you. Okay, church, now think. That does not mean that I don't like this side of the auditorium, okay? It doesn't mean that I like this side better than that side. It just means that I've got a job that needs to be done. And right now, I'm going to use this group of people to do the job. 
I still love all of you. I still care for all of you. I hear all of you talking. I want to be your friends of all of you. It just means that I have a job for you right now, this group. Okay, the Jewish people, though, kind of took it to the extent that, well, God's got a special job for us right now. He must love the Jeremiah's more than he loves the Brian's. No, he doesn't. He loves everybody. God loves all people, right? He created all people in his sight. It's just that he had a special job for the Jewish people at that time, all right? But they didn't quite get that, and they didn't quite understand how that was working. And, and God cares for the whole room, all right? And the guy that we're looking at in Acts chapter 10, his name is Peter, and Peter was struggling with this with a hard time. Why? Why? Because here's why. Because Peter grew up in, the, in this, this side of the auditorium, right? He grew up over here. He lived this. He was educated by them. He heard it his whole life. And all he knew was that, that we're Jewish people and, and, and we're special. God's got a plan for us. And, and isn't that just great? It was part of his culture. I'm not saying it was right. It's just what he grew up with. It's what he had. And, and God had to come to, to, to Peter and say, Peter, and we looked at this last week. Peter, he gives him a dream. A big, if you can imagine, a big bed sheet. I'll call it a bed sheet. A big tablecloth comes down from heaven. And on that big sheet are all kinds of animals. There's, there's the animals that they're allowed to eat, okay? And there's the animals that they're not allowed to eat as a Jewish person. The Jewish people had very strict dietary laws. So, so let's just say inside that, that, that sheet, if you could imagine, there was, okay, so there was a cow, but there was also a pig. <laughs> and to Peter, that's a big deal. It's like, what? we can't eat barbecue. We can't eat a ham sandwich. What were they missing? You know, and this is just terrible. But, 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 but God had to bring it to Peter three times. So Peter, don't, don't, don't call it good and ungood or clean and unclean or common or uncommon. It's okay. It's all okay. The whole room's okay now. Everybody. And, and God had to give it to Peter three times for Peter to finally get it that, wait a second, wait a second. God is using this illustration of, of the food that I can eat and can't eat and saying it's okay. And he's talking about the future of the church and God's saying, listen, I'm, it's like this. I had a job for you guys, but now I'm taking my finger and I'm hitting the pause button on the VCR for you guys. I'm now going to work through everybody together, okay? And, I, and I'm going to start playing this one called the local church. And we're going to use everybody together. I still love you all, but right now, you're on pause. Peter couldn't digest that, okay? Just, how could he digest it, all right? He just, this is new to him. So if you got your Bible, let's take your Bible and let's go to Acts chapter 10. I want to just really, really, really fast pick up at the end. We covered these verses last week. I'm going to start with verse 44. Uh, if you've got your Bible, we'll put it up on the screen. And, and this is Peter talking to these people, talking to these Gentiles, the first Gentiles that Peter's bringing the gospel to. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them, which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was also poured the gift of the Holy Ghost. So the, the Jewish people, these people, are looking and saying, how about that? These people just got saved, if I could use that term. And the Holy Spirit is falling upon them. And this is an amazing thing. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, verse 47. Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which had received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed them, uh, they them to tarry certain days. So, so the Jewish people are looking at the, the, the Gentiles and saying, Wow! They got saved, and Peter says, yeah. And to prove that they just got saved, 
Not only have you seen the Holy Spirit come upon them and they were able to speak in tongues, that was a gift for them at that time. The Bible says that gift is over, okay? But it was very important for them. But also, we're going to take them and we're going to get them baptized in water. So, so this whole group of people, we're going to baptize them just to show you people that God saves these people too. I want to just make it really clear that, that, that this is okay. And, and guess what? These people don't have to act or dress or have a diet or, or do any of the things that you people used to, used to do just to show that you were, you were Jewish, okay? You didn't have to do it to be saved, but, but you don't have to do those things. You're okay just the way you are, and, and you don't have to act like one of these people anymore, all right? It's just God's going to save you, all right? And so, so Peter does this, and, and these people get baptized, and the whole crowd, this whole crowd is, is still looking with astonishment. Now, remember, guys, if it was you or me in this story We'd be doing the same thing. So don't sit here today and say, well, I just can't believe they were so prejudiced. If you were there three, you know, 2,000 years ago, you'd be just as prejudiced and so would I because we just couldn't get it. We just, it, was like, it was like foreign to us. And this is a very important thing. And then we look at Acts chapter 11, verse 1. This is where we pick up. Keep that in mind. And the apostles and the brethren that were in Judea, this group over here, this group over here, were in Judea, heard that the Gentiles, this group over here, had also received the word of God. So, okay, I just heard that you, 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 had, you had trusted in the Messiah. Verse 2. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him. So Peter <coughs> gets back to Jerusalem. It's a 30-mile hike from where he's at. Back to Jerusalem. Gets to Jerusalem. All these people confront Peter. <laughs> That's what I said. The people of the circumcision, the people that were practicing their Jewish faith, okay? Uh, Peter, <clears throat> can we have a word with you, please? All right? This, this, is, what, this is what's going to take place. And, and the word there says they, they contended with him. The word there means to argue. So they had argued with him, saying, how can this be? How, how can this be? God only works through us. How can those people be equal to us? Uh-oh. You starting to see the problem here? These people are dogs. We're God's chosen people. We're, we're the Jewish nation. Okay? We're, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Moses. That's our, that's our relationship. That's our family. <laughs> Tradition, Right? This is the way it's always been. And now the, 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 the dogs over there. Sorry, Brian, calling you guys the dogs. The dogs over there, what do you mean? What do you mean? They, they get to be part of this whole thing too? What, this isn't fair. Verse 3, saying, Thou went into men uncircumcised and did eat with them. It's, it's kind of like he's saying, let's you know, like imagine a bunch of 10-year-old kids you know, in junior high or whatever like that. See, you know. You know, to a 10-year-old boy. You know, you went over there and you sat by the girls? Ooh, don't sit by the girls. Yeah, don't you know? We're not supposed to sit by the girls. Yeah, cooties. Okay, that's kind of what's happening here. You're not supposed to sit by these people. You're not supposed to eat with these people. You have no business being with them. Now, take that thought, okay? Take that thought, and I want you to understand something here too. Okay, let's, let's just get the picture. We're in Acts chapter 11. Turn back, Acts chapter 2, which is only what? About five, six, seven pages to the left. Jesus tells Peter, Peter, 
the apostles, I want you to go in the whole world, okay? Not just Jerusalem. I want you to go everywhere, Judea, Samaria, everywhere, into the uttermost parts of the world. I want you to tell them about a God that loves them and that they too can believe that there's a Messiah. His name is Jesus Christ. He just died on the cross. He just went to heaven just the page before, right? You know, chapter one, you know. I mean, this whole thing happened. And it's okay. It's for everybody. This new thing, remember, we talked about it last week, the mystery. Paul's going to talk about it. Peter's going to talk about it. The mystery. What's the mystery? It's something that was unknown, but it's revealed now. The mystery called this thing we're doing this morning called the church. And he says, listen, it's okay. I want everybody to do it. Now, from this page right here that we're on, okay, To this page, eight pages. How long do you think that takes to read? About ten minutes? Donna, what do you think? Eight chapters? Nine chapters? Maybe ten minutes? Okay, if you're a fast reader. Okay. We read this in ten minutes and it's no big deal. Do you know how long it was between chapter 2 and chapter 11? The best I figured is a good ten years. Ten years took place between Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 11. Guess what? Peter... You still haven't gone to the Jewish or the Gentile people and given the gospel. I had to get a Gentile to call you, basically, and say, get over here. Walk 30 miles and give me the gospel. It's been 10 years, and the church is still these people right here. You're still not invited. You are invited, but no one's come over across the side yet to say, come on over. You're part of this. You can be this. Why? Because we're Jewish. This is a hard thing. Now you say, Pastor, I know, we get this. And we sit there and we, we have a hard time with this. And we say, well, how, how can they not get this? I mean, how can they just not understand that this is the way it's supposed to be? I mean, how could they say, thou went in unto men uncircumcised and did eat with them? You know, how could that still be their mindset? How could that be like that? That just seems like that's so impossible. All right, here we go. Ready? We're going to get a little deep today. Put your thinking cap on. Take out the chart. I want you to look at this chart. This chart was drawn in the late 1800s. <laughs> and uh, uh, um, Clarence Larkin drew this. He did a series, a number of drawings back in the day. I just want you to understand this concept, okay? So you could just understand this concept, and then we could go home. All right? As soon as you get this concept, you could say amen, and we could leave. Oh, you're not there yet. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's why someone's sitting there going, it's almost 12 o'clock. We got to get out of here. All right. Here, here's the concept. If you look at this chart, okay, this is so silly. It's so simple. I mean, I'm not silly like funny, but it's just it's so simple. It, it, you'll get it. Okay, you see on this side here, this guy over here with the beard kind of looks like Jeremy Carpenter, right? You see him right there? Okay, this guy over here is, is like, like an Old Testament prophet. Now, I just want you to understand the concept. Okay, New Testament... Old Testament, all right? The guy standing there with the beard is a guy that lived over here in this time, okay? He's not, he's not a guy over here in this time. He's a guy over here in this time, which I'll say this too. Matthew, Mark, Luke are really over here in this time, okay? Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet, right? Okay, so we're going to get the picture. He's looking. Now, if you kind of look at it, from reading the scriptures, from reading the Old Testament, it's like he's looking... He's looking across from the side, these mountaintops. He sees the mountaintops. What you can't see if you were that guy, you can't see the valleys, right? Because you're looking across the mountaintops. When, when uh, this summer, we went hiking out in the Grand Tetons. 
you look out across the mountain ranges and you say, wow, look at all those mountaintops. Until you start to hike through the mountains and you realize they're not all mountaintops. There is miles and miles and miles and miles of valleys between the mountaintops. But when you're looking across it, all you see is the tops because you can't see down inside of them. So what does this guy see as a prophet? Well, from the Old Testament, this is what you could have seen. You could have saw the birth of Jesus. You could have saw the, the, the death of Jesus. You could have saw that the Holy Spirit was going to come down. You could have saw Pentecost. You can see those things from the Old Testament. You absolutely can. You can see the Antichrist. You can see the, uh, 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 the second coming or the kingdom of Jesus. You can see when Jesus comes back to rule and reign, all right, the millennial kingdom, the thousand-year reign of Christ. As an Old Testament prophet looking across these mountains, that's what you could see because that's what was revealed to you. That's all that was revealed to them. All right, now, we, Christians living in the year 2019, we have this cool thing. It's called the completed Word of God. The written word of God, done, completed, forever, done, no more to be written. Okay, it's over, it's done with. We have this. Now, this is what this allows us to do. Ready? Watch. This allows us to look over our shoulder and see history and say, oh, I get it. Why do you get it? Because I got the whole thing now. I, I, I see the whole picture. It's like, it's like in this drawing... We're standing from this view. We're not just looking over the tops of the mountains. We're over here with the completed word of God looking sideways on the side and we can see. Now what can we see? We see the church age because it was in a valley. All right? We see that. We, we, we see the rapture of the church. Okay? We, of course, see there are things on top of the mountain as well. Uh, we see the millennial valley, the thousand-year reign of Christ. We see, we see uh, eternity future. We see all those other things that they see over there on the right. The Old Testament people, the Old Testament people were looking across, seeing the tops. And so when they talked about Christ coming again, they weren't talking about the rapture. They didn't know about the rapture. The rapture of who? What? The church. What's the church? No one told me about the church. All right? You know, you know? So when we talk about it, we can see Christ coming for the rapture of the church, taking the church up with them. But then we can also see Christ coming again, touching down on earth in the millennium. Okay, we can see both of those times when Christ comes back. They couldn't see all that. So, so when, when Peter and these people were, were looking at this, and all these Jewish people were trying to understand this, there is no way they could have understood. They just, it wasn't given to them. They could have understood that the church was here. The church was happening. What's the church? I don't understand it. It's just, it's just impossible. Why? Because it wasn't revealed to them. Now, some people may say, oh yeah, you could see the church in the Old Testament. Um, I don't think so. I just, maybe you could stretch. You got to do one of those stretchers and try to find the church in the Old Testament. I just don't think so. And a matter of fact, when you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, my Bible's upside down. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. When you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, okay, remember the church hadn't been revealed to Matthew, Mark, and Luke when they wrote this. Okay? They saw the second coming of Christ. They saw all those things. What was, now think, what was Matthew, Mark, and Luke looking for? They, they were looking for what? Jesus coming again 
to touch down on earth and, and, and there's the millennial kingdom. There's the kingdom where Jesus is going to rule and reign. So when they heard that, hey, Jesus is going to die, but he's coming again to rule and reign, they're sitting there going, good. They're going to knock the Romans out of, out of power, and we got a ruler coming. This is going to be awesome. Like, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to win this thing, and this is going to be our year for the election, and Jesus is going to rule and reign and forever. They didn't understand that there was going to be at least 2,000 years and counting before Jesus came back. They didn't understand the church. They didn't understand this. So this was, this was a huge mystery that, that there's just no way they could have understood it. I'm not blaming them. They couldn't have understood it because it wasn't revealed to them. It was revealed to Peter and revealed to Paul. Interesting side note. Paul, remember we talked about him? Paul went away to Arabia for three years. God gave it to him through revelation. How, I don't know. But somehow God just, boom, Gave him the whole story. This is the church. I get it. Peter was also here telling about the church, but here's the difference of Peter. Peter didn't get the whole thing, boom, given to him. Peter learned about the church through experience of walking through it every day, kind of going, oh, there's a guy in in, in Caesarea that wants to hear about Jesus? Huh, he's a Gentile. Okay. And God's got to give him a dream and three times. And okay, God, we don't do that. Oh, okay, I guess we do do it. All right, and he goes over there. And, and, and this is, Peter's living it out day by day. Paul got the whole thing given to him, okay? They're both going to reveal the mystery, but they both learned about it two different ways. Paul went the quick way. Peter, surprise, surprise, went the long way. <laughs> so listen, there's a lot of principles in the Old Testament. I think, that, of course, there's principles in the Old Testament that apply to us today. But church, don't ever get confused, okay? The Old Testament was for the people living in the Old Testament. Those rules don't apply to us today. There's principles that are true. Lying is still lying. Adultery is still adultery, right? You know, those are all good things. There's a lot of stuff to learn from the Old Testament. There's no question about it. But... um, but the church, that wasn't written for the church. Uh, it was written for those people at those times. And God made a lot of promises back then. And a lot of those promises were to Jewish people. You turn on television nowadays, people are into, like, prosperity, you know, giving. And, and they apply uh, Old Testament prosperity giving to us New Testament, you know, you know, us people living today. Okay, that doesn't apply. Those were promises given to them at that time. Don't let someone, you know, talk about that. Don't let someone, you know, go through that. If you're going to apply the Old Testament and you're going to live out all the rules and regulations, great. The next Saturday, why don't you bring a lamb to church, and why don't you sacrifice it, all right? Because if you're going to abide by one of the rules, you're going to abide by all the rules, okay? You can't just pick and choose. But, but salvation, church, salvation has always been by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Here we go. Genesis, they, they didn't know about Mary riding a donkey into Bethlehem. They, they, they didn't know about it. They didn't know about Jesus walking in the water. Okay, that's fine. They, they didn't know about Jesus feeding the 5,000. That's fine. Do you have to know about Jesus feeding the 5,000 or walking in the water to become a Christian? No, you don't have to know those things. They, if you were living over here, you, you, you may have not even known about, you know, whatever, about the different things, you know, about David. Do you have to know every, the whole story about David to be saved? No. You didn't know about, about, about the judges. You didn't know about Ruth. You didn't know about the... Well, that's okay. You didn't have to know those things. All these people knew, if you read right from the beginning of Genesis, that, that, that I, have, I have sinned against an almighty God. I can't pay for that because I'm a human. I, I, no matter how hard I try, I'm still going to do bad things. And God said, I will provide a way. I will provide the lamb. They didn't know 
was going to be, you know what, 2,000 years before Jesus came. They probably didn't even know the name Jesus. You know, it's okay. All I know is that you're going to provide a way for it, and I'm trusting in you in the future. Okay? Now here we are, 2,000 years after Christ died on the cross. We look back at it and say, yeah, I'm a sinner. I can't pay the sin debt. But behind me, I'm trusting that that guy that died on the cross was really your son, and he paid my sin debt. We're both trusting in the Messiah as our Savior. It's just that we have more knowledge about what his name was, who he was, what he did. He walked on water. These are all great stories. These are, these are true things. That's that wonderful. Okay? They didn't know all that, but they're still saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. They knew a Messiah was coming, and that, the Bible says, read the book of Hebrews, was accounted unto them as righteousness. Okay? So it's always been by grace through faith. Okay? Always, 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 always. People were Jewish. They had a lot of rules. They had a lot of regulations. And, and the purpose of those rules, the purpose of those regulations, was to prove to them that they couldn't keep the rules and they couldn't keep the regulations. Therefore, you need a Messiah to pay for it because you're a sinner. But I'm keeping it the best I can. That's nice, but still not good enough. You're still a sinner. Okay? So they were never saved by being Jewish. They were never saved by, by, by acting a certain way. Of course not. Back to our verses. Acts chapter 11, verse 4. We're going to fly through this just because this, this wraps up the story. Peter's going to rehearse here the story. But Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded on it by ordering them, saying, I was in the city. He's telling a story. I was in the city of Joppa praying. And in a trance I saw a vision. A certain vessel descended as it uh, had been a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners that came over me. Upon which I had been fastened my eyes. I considered, saw the four-footed beasts of the earth and the wild beasts, creeping things, the fowls of the air. And I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay and eat. But I said, No, not so, Lord. For nothing common or unclean hath at any time entered my mouth. Verse 9. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God has cleansed, that call not thou common. And this was done three times. <laughs> Why? Because I didn't get it the first two times. And all were drawn upon again into heaven. And behold, immediately there were three men already coming to my house. And there, there I was. So I'm dead at my house. I'm having this dream. And there's a knock on the door. And the Spirit bade me to go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me. We entered in the man's house. So, okay, I'm going. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words, whereby thou and thy house shall be saved. And as he began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell upon them, as on us. Pause. Pause. Take your pen to underline those three words, and we're going to get out of here. As on us. Who's us? As on us. Well, who's us? The church. As on us. Just like us. The church. These people got saved just like us at the beginning. Okay? Verse 16. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, and how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall baptize with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them the like gift he did unto us, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? Same message today, we preach today, that we believe on Christ, salvation through faith alone. Uh, there's nothing different there. It's all the same part of it, okay? And, uh, and it doesn't say, you know, change your way. Look at verse 18, the last verse here. When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. It doesn't say that he told them to repent from their sins or turn or change their ways or to do some action. He's saying, listen, repentance means to change your mind. They, too, change their mind unto life, eternal life. 
That's what they did. They did what? They believed, and God gave them what? Eternal life. Why? Because they believed. The same message that Peter preached is the same message we preach today. The same message that Peter preached, just so you know, is the exact same message that Paul preached. Do not let someone ever tell you that Paul preached a different message than the disciples and even Jesus. He did not. Read it in context. Paul preached the same message that Jesus preached. People that do that are called ultra-dispensationalists, and they say Paul had a different gospel than everybody else. No, he did not. Read it. He said he preached the same message. It was the same thing given to all men. So church, listen. Don't, don't ever let a pride or, or, or racism or prejudice get in your way. If someone's skin's a different color than yours, if someone has a different culture, someone has a different bloodline than you, it's fine. My Bible says that Jesus came for who? For all men. Does God love you any more than he loves the poor person down the street? No. Does God love you any less than he loves the rich person down the street? No. Does God love you any more than he loves the person with lighter skin than you have? No. Does God love you any more than he, than he loves the person with darker color skin than you have? No. He loves us all the same. And church, don't let the news media, don't let what's going on in culture today, don't let it get you sidetracked. Don't, let you, don't ever laugh at jokes about prejudice or racism. Don't ever be part of that. It just doesn't matter. Christ died for all. And what we see here is Peter made it very clear to this group of people. <laughs> no, no, no. Christ died for everybody. Don't, don't be mistaken. Don't get yourself all wrapped up in yourself. Christ died for these people and for those people and we're all one. The story is going to keep going, and we're going to learn more about the story. It's an amazing thing what's happening in the church. But isn't it kind of interesting? Here's what I like about the story. I think it's really cool that in Acts, the inspired word of God, the history of the first church, God didn't just reveal all the perfect people and all the perfect things. He showed the ugliness and the darkness, didn't he? And there's people that are prejudiced, and he put it in the Bible. prejudiced people that had racism, you know, and they were all worked up. How could you do this? You're filthy dog. But God showed it and put it in Scripture for all people for all eternity to read it and say, you know what? God loves even people that struggle with racism, didn't he? Right? God loves all people. He died for the sins of all mankind. Another good thing. These verses are wonderful. John 3, 16. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever what? Doesn't say goes to church, doesn't say gets baptized, doesn't say changes their ways. It's no. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? But have everlasting life. The qualification for eternity, according to the book of John, is our belief. Okay? According to the whole Bible, is our faith. (laughs) It's never something that we do. Don't ever put your actions in place of having faith that what Christ died on the cross He died on the cross paying our sin debt. Share the good news of the gospel with someone this week, would you please? Would you do that? Would you go to your coworkers, your neighbors, your family, your friends, invite them out to church, and share with them the good news of the gospel, that it's not your works, like Ephesians says, it's by grace we've been saved. Simply trusting the fact that Christ died on the cross, paid your sin debt, you can know for certain you have eternal life. And that's exactly what Peter was saying. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Let's be done today. Father... We're excited about this story. Thank you, Lord, for sharing it with us. Thank you for putting it in the scriptures. 2,000 years ago, the church struggled. It's, it's kind of refreshing to see they struggled too. <laughs> We're not the only people in the world that struggle. They struggled. 
Thank you, Lord, for Peter showing them the right way, showing them the truth of the matter. Lord, I pray that we would never be prejudiced. We would never have a racist attitude. Lord, we'd just never get involved with that. We'd never get sucked up into that. We'd never let that be part of our dialogue or conversation. Lord, it won't be part of our humor. We won't laugh at it. We won't take part in it. It's pride. It's wickedness. And it's a slap in your face to say that someone's better than someone else because you created all men and women in your image. We're slapping you. We're making fun of you. Help us to never be part of that. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done. In your name we pray. Amen. We are very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262-404-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.